You're listening to the Pigskin Cafe, a podcast covering the wild world of the NFL. On tap for today are hot takes, controversy, and analysis on your favorite team. Pull up a seat and your host, Hampton Sipper, will be with you in three, two, one. And we are back. Welcome back in to the Pigskin Cafe. My name is Hampton Sipper, and I will be your host this evening, guiding you through another NFL recap show as we recap NFL Week 5. And who better to join me than my good friends, the correspondent at large, Graham Haney, the Reddit extraordinaire himself, Chase Haney, and Mr. Broken Lock himself, Kyle Edwards, guys, we ready to talk a little NFL action tonight or what? Broken lock. Hey, who's still in first place, though? Home Depot runs out of stock every now and then. I have an off week. It's okay. I'm still in first. We move it along, baby. Man, man you and Sam Darnold had an off week, so I guess y'all have that in common, <laughs> buddy. I'm, t- <laughs> Good one. I'm telling you, Thank Kyle, you. this week of picks was really difficult. There was lots of upsets and just lots of – just honestly, just tough games to pick. Like it was, it was, it was hard for me too. But you know, it's always fun to talk some NFL, no, NFL football with some boys. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of picks, Graham, before we get into recapping NFL, um, NFL action, let me give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Play Action Pools, who has been doing a wonderful job hosting our NFL and college pick'em. Let's look at the leaderboards after. NFL Week 5 and College Football Week 6. Standing atop the leaderboard for, I don't know, like a fourth straight week. Mr. Kyle Edwards. Very impressive job by him. Next, we've got Put some money on it, baby. Put some money on it, a.k.a. Legend Suave. He's at number two. And then tied for number three in a three-way tie for third is me, Graham, and my dad, Papa Rick, a.k.a. Howie Long. Come on, Howie. Howie Howie, Howie's killing it, too. Um, Tight race. Let's see where you're at, Chase, before we we move on. No need to look that far down the leaderboard. Ah, you know, hey, you're at number number eight, but you're only down three points, so you are within striking range, my friend. This could be the week it turns around. That is true. That is very true, Hampton. We're holding on to that truth right there. But I'll tell you, man, picking the spread is is man, you can overthink the spread really quickly. So um I just shout out to all the boys that aren't doing as well as they want to be doing, including myself. But we're gonna bounce back. This is the week. This is the week right here. This is the week. Well, speaking of a good week in NFL action, I think we had um a lot of takeaways and a lot of things that we can kind of learn from the week based on a few games that we're going to cover here tonight. But before we do, uh, we just want to put out a quick little disclaimer. Um, We know the John Gruden news hit early this week um, with him resigning from the Las Vegas Raiders. And while that has been a hot button issue on many sports platforms like ESPN, Fox Sports, and many others, here at the Pigskin Cafe, we want to talk mainly about on-field action, and we don't uh, want to get into – uh, that muddy water cast dispersion on anybody. Um, so we're going to steer clear of that, and we're going to move right into uh, recapping NFL Week 5. So, Chase, I want to start with you, man. What was your biggest takeaway um, from the week? Was it possibly 
the biggest game of the year on Sunday night with the Buffalo Bills traveling to the Kansas City Chiefs. And man, they put a whooping on those Chiefs. What do you do you think after that game, the Bills are the new AFC favorite? Do you think they made that statement? Man, and, and I'm not going to lie to you, Hampton. I I know that you're you're pretty reserved when it comes to like crowning the champion, like you know mid season. Mm-hmm. And and I want to be careful that I don't do that. But I'm not going to lie to you. I had the thought during that game that man, the Bills have a good team. Like I seriously was like, man, if you take away again, I think I said this a couple weeks back. You take away that loss to uh, Pittsburgh. They, they've got such a good football team, and they've showed it every week except for when they let the Steelers come back and beat them. I think that I, I take a couple of things away, and I hope that I'm not stealing or, or maybe being too long-winded here, but I think there's just a lot to be said about what the uh, what the Bills did, and I want to really bring some attention to the weather. And I know that's something mm-hmm. that's very small, but I think that as you get more into like the playoff times, like you know, we're we're, we're past September, you can you can lose a game in September, that doesn't define your season. But as you move kind of further, you know, closer to the playoffs, that's when you're really trying to, like, you're really determining what kind of team you're going to be when it comes to playoff time. That's when you want to be hot. And what I saw out of them is that they can not only play a game and beat a team the quality of the Chiefs to start off with in the first half, but they can sit there and eat some crappy PB&J sandwiches. <laughs> that, that, that they are, I think that the story was they barely had enough to go around because usually those are more like snacks, and I think that mm-hmm. they just botched it, and that they still stayed focused. They came out when the weather was awful and played. I think we could argue might even played even better. Like like just because they showed resilience, they showed that they were about it. And my last point is, and Graham, maybe you can. Uh, I know you didn't get to watch this full games because you were traveling, but maybe I know you've probably seen some of these stats, Graham. The Chiefs' defense is. Horrible! It's horrendous. It's hideous. Historically like, awful. Historically yeah, awful. I I saw a stat that said that the most prolific offense that's ever been in the NFL was a couple of years ago when the Rams went to the Super Bowl, and I want to say that they were getting six point two yards per play on average, and that the Chiefs were giving away like six point eight. It was something like that. I, I don't know if those numbers are exact, but it was pretty close to that. Graham, I mean, we talk about how defense wins championships. Does this mean that the Chiefs are either like either they buy or like they're buying at the trade deadline or they bust? Is that kind of their mindset? What do you think ends up happening? I guess it has to be. I mean, I think we all expected the Chiefs to come in here and be the, you know, expected favorites in the AFC. And their defense has just let them down and let them down and let them down. I mean, their offense hasn't been terrific, but the defense has been, like you said, Chase, historically bad. Let's just go through you know, some of the stats. So in the NFL, they are second worst, and they give up 437 yards a game. Uh, Woo. Terrible. Hampton, you know how many points they give up a game? 35. 32.6, so almost oh, 33 oh, points. God, like, that's awful. I think we all can agree that, you know, Andy Reid's one of the best offensive coaches in the NFL. Eric Bieniemy is one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But there's very few teams in the NFL that can score over 33 points a game, and that is just that's such a high bar to set that the Chiefs just 
they're just in their own way. I mean, whenever they try and, you know, you know, get better by improving the offensive line, what happens? The defense gets tremendously worse. But Chase, to me, the the thing that was, you know, you know, just been impressive about you know that game and the season so far is you know, you got to talk about a little bit about the Buffalo Bills. I mean, the Bills, you know, in the past, we always knew they were good. They had, you know, special weapons. You know, Josh Allen, really good quarterback, Stefan Diggs, really good receiver. But the question marks at the end of the last season were will they be able to run the football because they were almost non-existent in the run game except for Josh Allen? And then are they going to have other weapons besides Stefan Diggs that are reliable and consistent? And I think we've seen both of those things come to fruition this year. I mean, the leading receiver for the Bills this past week was Dawson Knox. I mean, the tight end is honestly tearing it up the past couple games. He's really been mm-hmm. catching touchdowns and has been, you know, you know, it takes a little bit of the stats away from Stefan Diggs, but Man, when you have two pieces to cover, especially with a, a great wide receiver in Diggs and a tight end like Knox, that just makes defensive you know, coaching and game planning and execution so much more difficult because they're two completely different, you know, just animals out there. And then you you like I said, you got to talk about that run game with you know Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. I mean, they 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 kind of split carries, but they have a run game this year, which is you know so helpful to me and you know in Josh Allen's development because you know he has the talent to make the throws he's athletic enough to make runs on his own but how you play 20 years is you can't take too many shots and that's kind of how Tom Brady's done it he you know has had weapons around him he slides he gets down but Josh Allen the past few years has kind of had to make up for those you know insufficient you know run you know like rushing teams and he had to make up for that so he was having to lay his body out on the line and because that that was you know making him you know get hurt fumble the football but now when you can you know give the ball to Singletary and to Moss that just makes your team so uh much more dynamic and uh this Bills team just wow they're fun to watch for sure and I think they might have taken the crown of the you know AFC you know like favorites i mean i don't know the betting odds but i would definitely say that it has to has to be between you know them and the ravens maybe to who's going to make it to the super bowl kyle i want to get you into this and you know i know me and you have been big on you know patty mahomes but this year just hadn't been it for him i mean i I don't know if it was you know the the fatherhood coming into it or the you know shorter (laughs) off season because of you making the super bowl like is kelsey not it you know is you know I don't even know. Like, what do you think's the problem with this? You know, like Chiefs offense, and does that really rely on just how bad that defense is? Yeah. So, as Graham, you stated, been a little bit of a Chiefs backer, but it is officially panic time in Kansas City. You're sitting at Ooh. two and three. You have the Chargers, who are starting to click. It seems like they're getting better and better each week. The division is going to be a tough one. They are going to be crawling from behind if they want to have any shot at this division. But they they have so many issues, and I'm not going to go into the defensive issues that y'all have mentioned a lot. But I saw a stat on Twitter the other day, and it was Patrick Mahomes in his career when holding the ball for two and a half seconds or longer, he has like a three-to-one touchdown ratio with a quarterback rating of like 110, just outstanding. You know, we see him extending plays, no look, sidearm dots to Tyreek Hill, and he just – Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes. But this year – He's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. He has a QB rating of like 72. And I started wondering, you know, me and Hampton, Hampton, you and I, we talk a lot about 
just Mahomes has looked off this year. And we know they have the weapons. And, yeah, they say the run game's been bad. But, you know, Edwards Hilaire had that two-game stint, ran back-to-back 100-yard games. But I wonder if part of Mahomes' struggles is maybe he's trying to do a little too much. You know, he knows Mm -hmm. that he's going to need 40 to go out and win. And when you have that in the back of your mind – you, I feel like you kind of take extra shots. You try, you try to fit it in that window tighter because you know you need points on every single drive. And instead of playing loose, you know, I'm gonna, I can score when I need to, and I'll get a stop here and there. Now it's every single drive matters. And you know, in the past, you know, we see him going down early, but it's like it's okay, we can score at will. But that's still relying on your defense getting stops. Their defense isn't getting stops anymore. And I feel like maybe that has a little bit of of reason on why Mahomes has been struggling, but to talk a little bit about the Bills, I mean, Graham, you did an excellent job breaking down their roster. Um, and Chase, you said how they're a complete team, and I agree. Now, I know in five weeks, this Bills defense has pitched two shutouts. Now, I don't care who you're playing. To have two shutouts in five weeks in today's NFL, that's absurd. They did it against mm-hmm. the Dolphins, and they did it against the Texans. And you can say what you want, the Texans, not a good team. The Dolphins, as of late, not, not a good, a good team. But but to but to pitch, that's like saying, okay, that also speaks wide into the offense. That's not turning the ball over. That's not giving them good field position where they can even get a field goal. Like to hold eight, to hold two teams to zero points in the NFL is mind-boggling to me. And they did it in five weeks. And a guy I like a lot, Cole Beasley. He's their fourth option. I mean, mm-hmm. you you shouted I'm out Dawson Knox. You <laughs> you shouting out Dawson Knox, proud. who's been giving been been given great production. You got Stefan Diggs, who elite wide receiver. You bring in Sanders, who's giving you good work. I mean, this offense has everything, and you couple that with a defense who held the Chiefs to twenty points as well. I mean, this I I haven't been as high on the Bills, but I don't see how you could look at their body of work after that Week One loss to Pittsburgh and not say how they have a legitimate shot, if not the complete favorites to come out of the AC, AFC. Sorry. Now, Hampton, I know you've kind of had a little bit of iffies about Patrick Mahomes, and we've talked about his struggles a lot. How Do mm-hmm. you think that him feeling like he has to go get 40 is part of the reason of Mahomes' struggles, or do you think it's something else? So – I'm glad you. I'm glad you tossed it to me. I've I've got a lot of thoughts on this. Um, Mahomes has been great for three or four years, ever since he became the starter, and part of that was due to just his innate God-given ability. Part of that was due to the scheme that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy have implemented there in Kansas City, the weapons he has, etc. And this year, Kyle, you mentioned he's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. Is that what you said, correct? That was when he held the ball for more than two and a half seconds. Okay, I got you. Well, I know he hadn't thrown for more interceptions than touchdowns this year, but he has thrown as many interceptions this year as he did last year, which is alarming. And I think part of this is because he has looked like Texas Tech Patrick Mahomes. He's doing too much freestyling, too much out-of-structure play instead of playing within the system. And, Kyle, I believe some of that can be attributed to him feeling like he has to do too much because his defense is horrific. 
But also, I think teams, especially, I love the Bills' game plan because they had enough confidence in their four D linemen to get pressure without having to blitz. They didn't blitz much at all. They rushed Epinesa, Rousseau, who made an incredible interception late in the third quarter, which kind of changed the game and halted a Chiefs comeback. Ed Oliver up the middle. You've got Edmonds at linebacker, Tredavious White, Levi Wallace at um, the corner position. And so you got pressure with four. They were also being extremely physical with Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. They were bracketing Tyreek Hill, putting a safety over the top of whoever was covering him, effectively taking him out of the game. And Patrick didn't really have time to get him the ball, but also that pressure affected him because – Kyle, like you and I said during the game when we were texting back and forth, there were some throws that were there that he just missed. I mean, he was like one-hopping them in the dirt. Um, and now it didn't help that Miko Hardman and a couple other receivers had drops. But I believe some of it is him returning to Texas Tech Patrick Mahomes being a little too much of a gunslinger instead of playing within the pocket, three-step drop, get the ball out. He's freelancing a little bit too much. And it's the same thing that I believe he did um, some of last year, and especially in the Super Bowl, which I get he had an offensive line that was really banged up. But part of the time, you're not helping your offensive line out when you run outside the pocket so much um, because the offensive line doesn't know where you are. That causes holding penalties and creates another myriad of issues. So I believe he needs kind of like a good golfer. Okay, a good golfer doesn't always go for the long drive. Sometimes you got to just take the par putt. Sometimes you can't you can't go for the eagle. You got to just take a par. Just take what's there, Patrick. And I believe he needs to return to that. On the Bills offense side of the football, y'all all made brilliant points. Dawson Knox has been um, a revelation. They've used him brilliantly. Brian Dable, I'm telling you, he ain't going to be the OC there long. Not much Buffalo. longer. No, he will be hired um, this offseason. I can't believe he wasn't hired last. Uh, but he's, I mean, he's been incredible for his development and everything. But with Allen, each year you see a little bit more development. And in this game, I mean, he made a couple, that throw he made to Sanders right up the seam. I mean, just a drop in the bucket, just dropped out of the helicopter right into Emmanuel Sanders' arms. But as impressive as that throw was, the one to Dawson Knox and a couple others. That drive, when they when the Chiefs went down and scored, they cut it to 11, and it is pouring down rain. And what does Josh Allen do? He leads them down for a touchdown drive, and he does it through the air, and he does it on the ground with an incredible hurdle play. And you just knew in that moment, like it felt like almost like Josh Allen's like, yeah, it's not Mahomes than me. Me and Mahomes are equals now. We're the, we're the same. Like don't put him above me. I'm looking him eye to eye, and it it's our league now. It ain't his league. It's our league, and I believe they made a statement. I believe that they are the favorites right now. I'm not going to crown them Super Bowl favorites. There's a lot of ball to be played, but there's nobody in the AFC that has looked better than the Buffalo Bills. Kyle, you got anything else to say, man? I see you uh, chiming in in the chat. What you got, buddy? Yeah, so I want to say one last thing. For those kind of hiding in the closet Chiefs fans, so is myself. And I do, cons- I do consider myself a glass half full kind of guy, right? If you want any kind of hope as a Chiefs fan, 
as bad as the Chiefs looked and as great as the Bills looked. With 11 minutes to go, you're a very I'm not the refs refereeing in this game was very was questionable at best. Awful. But you are one one very iffy rough in the passer call away from getting the ball on the 40 with 11 minutes left down three scores where Patrick Mahomes is comfortable. And I'm not saying they would have came back and won it. I think I don't think they would have just because of the way the Bills offense was rolling and how bad the Chiefs defense, but to play that bad and to feel like you still have a shot if that if that rough in the passer doesn't get caught on the interception, there's a glimmer of hope there. It's like with Mahomes, you feel like you're always in the game. With that offense, you feel like you're always in the game. Now, defense has to come a long way, but I did take that away. I kept I was texting Hampton during the game. I was like, oh, time to go to bed. But I found myself not turning my the game off because it's like with this Chiefs offense, they're never out of it until the till the clock hits zero. So for you Chiefs fans, that's the slight glimmer of hope that I that I still hold in myself. That's all, that's I, that's all I wanted to say. And that's fair, Kyle, but as I was telling you pre-show, they're also one or two plays away from being one and four because they honestly came very close to losing to the Cleveland Browns. And with that, we'll transition to the Cleveland Browns versus the Los Angeles Chargers. I about said San Diego. That's why I said that so slow. But while we want to touch on the Chargers a little bit, even we've been – kind of talking about them the past couple of weeks and how impressed we've been with them. Justin Herbert's been really good. Uh, he has weapons galore. Uh, Joe Lombardi, I believe is their OC, has enabled him and empowered him with a scheme that gets guys open, that takes advantage of what he does well. And they just have a great culture built. I mean, Brandon Staley, I believe, right now is coach of the year. He's been incredible. He's been a revelation with – not only what he's done with that team as far as, you know, getting them to win those close games, which has been a problem for them for the past two or three years, but also just his aggressive approach and trusting Justin Herbert to make plays when they're needed. And while we want to talk, you know, we'll touch on them briefly. I want to talk, I want to talk about the Cleveland Browns. Chase, you put out a poll on our Instagram, I believe it was last week, asking if Baker Mayfield was the most replaceable quarterback in the NFL. And I don't believe you meant that as a slight to Baker or anything like that. I just think it's a it's an observation and a discussion worth having. And I'm going to I'll start with Kyle on this one, but this I want to set the scene. First week 31-29 Baker has the ball back with a chance to win the game. Throws an interception doesn't get it done. Has the same opportunity this past week. Has the ball back. Has the chance if they score a touchdown, they beat the Chargers. And they're 4-1. and one. They don't get it done. With them being so reliant on the run with Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, and that's kind of the foundation of their offense, do you believe Baker is good enough to get them over the hump for a championship? Oh, that's a great question. I I think this Cleveland roster definitely has talent, and I've 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 been a fan of Baker. Um, I do believe that he is, I'll say, maybe in the top fifteen area. He's kind of in the he's in the ten yeah. to twenty range. You know, he's 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 not great, but he's not going to kill you either. But the thing about Baker that I think I've said on this pod before it may have been last year, but Baker has a ceiling 
that is a lot lower than elite quarterbacks. Baker's not Baker relies on a good game script. Baker probably has the best one-two running back punch in the league. I'm not probably. I would say definitely the best one-two punch. It's either um, them or Pollard and Zeke, in my opinion. Yeah, that Pollard and Zeke is is, but Zeke he, he Zeke wasn't great without Dak last year. Whereas mm-hmm. I don't think it matters who you plug in at quarterback. These two dudes are going to get it done. Um, and as a Nick Agreed. Chubb, as an as a Nick Chubb owner, kind of upset because every time they get inside the ten, they throw Kareem Hunt in there to get all the touchdowns. Um, but I mean, Chubb's a monster. I mean, I don't, I don't, I think every single game this year he's had like eighty-five or more rushing yards, which is crazy stat to me. Um, and I mean, Odell banged up last year. Jarvis been banged up. I'm not going. They're relying on that Peoples guy, Peoples Jones, whatever his name is. Uh, Najoku's been a nice piece, but I think the bottom line, enough gibbering around, I think the bottom line is Baker's ceiling is too low. And if if he has to go and say, all right, give me the drive, I'm going to make an 80-yard drive on my own, I just don't know if he's capable of doing it. Uh, when you get a run game like he has and you get a game script like he has, but at the bottom and the end of the game, I don't think I can trust him to go 80 yards down the field and put it in the end zone for me when when we know we're throwing the ball every time. And I think that's kind of been his hunch all throughout. But it's been, what, four years now since he's been in the league? And he has developed into a little bit better of a quarterback, but I still don't think he's to the point where he can just say, get out the way, we're going to lead you down for a game-winning drive. Chase, I know you have interesting takes on the Browns, and I know you're kind of iffy on Baker at times. Do you think he's the man five years from now that we're looking at the Cleveland Browns as still as Super Bowl contenders, or do you think he kind of fizzles out and they look to move on in the next three to five years? No, that Kyle, I think that's actually like a, a really, really good question. Um, not just like, is he a good quarterback, but is he the mm-hmm. guy in five years? Um, I want to take a step back and say that uh, kind of where we're pulling from on this is I saw on Reddit, I, and I can't remember who uh, who the quotation was from, but it was like an opinion someone said – you know, Baker's the most uh, replaceable uh, quarterback in the league. And I basically just threw it out on Instagram. I was like, hey, is this, do you believe this to be true or not? And I think that we got some really interesting feedback. Um, and and even the people that might not have uh, agreed with that statement had him kind of as like the third most replaceable. And, and, and I want to just say that like, all right, I'll, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I know that he's – Struggling with an injury, it's like his rotator cuff in his non-throwing hand. So I yes. want to tip my I want to tip my cap for him playing, even though that he's hurt, not not quite injured, but he's hurt. So so I want to give him a little bit of slack there, and I think that their offense is designed to not make it where he has to go out there and play a phenomenal game. I mean, I think they play games where he doesn't play phenomenal, and they're still in the ball game because of how good their run offense is, but. Fellas, I want to just kind of redirect our attention to this right here. Kyle, you mentioned you mentioned playmakers, and I want to also throw in this for context. This, this is Baker's tryout for a for how big his contract is going to be. Because I think, am I right in saying that his his contract ends at the end of this year? Or correct, maybe like, um, unless they exercise the fifth year option. You were and, right, and, and man, I mean he he better he better pick it up because it, it's. What I'm seeing right now is not showing me – like I don't know who else I'd go out there and get. I think that he's just the ultimate handcuff, not the most replaceable, but the ultimate handcuff of like there's no one else out there that's really 
better than him. But I mean, fellas, I I don't know. I think that I kind of line up on. They got a good offense, but he's not he's not incredible. But I, I want to draw our attention to this right here in Hampton. I want to get maybe your take on this because I, Kyle, first to answer your question, I feel like this is a little scatterbrained, but Kyle, to answer your question, I feel like if they sign Baker to a long-term contract, I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl, No, nor do I see mm-hmm. them making it close. I see them making the playoffs probably – 50%, you know, like two or three out of those five years, I think they make the playoffs. I don't think I don't think that you look back and you're like, man, Baker took them there. But mm-hmm. this is what I want to say. It's because he's not using his weapons right now. I see Jarvis Landry on the IR, so he's not using him. And, dude, I mean, they've got Odell Beckham and say what you will about him and his character. But, man, I mean, I think when you've got a playmaker – period the guy who everyone seems to want to throw with whenever they're kind of like you know in in Miami throwing the ball around or out in California it's OBJ he's out there all the time and of the 300 yards that he threw this last game against the the Chargers when they were literally both teams were just going back and forth scoring scoring and scoring out of those three Hampton I'm going to pass this to you so I want to um see if you can guess how many yards Odell had out of those 300 that that uh, Baker threw? On Sunday? On Sunday, yeah, on Sunday. Mm, I know Njoku had a lot. I would say Odell had maybe 50, 50 20. to 60. Ooh. 20. 20. Yikes. You got, you got to use your playmakers. I think that Baker has the, the – he's got the talent around him. The run game looks amazing. I, w- I would love to look back and like be like, hey, man, this kind of like going into the second half of the season – Baker started throwing the ball and lighting it up to the playmakers that he's got. And it's like, at some point, you just got to trust your guys out there. Hampton, what what do you think about this whole game? I mean, like, I know we talked a little bit about the Chargers already. So mm-hmm. you can you can kind of talk about the Browns. But, man, like, what, what do they need to do? They kind of feel like the Chargers of last year when they have a lot of games close, but they're not finishing them. Do you think that this is coaching, or do you feel like it's players not executing? That's a good comparison, Chase, um, comparing them to the Chargers of last year in a little bit. I th- believe – here's the fact of the matter. Out of all the contending teams in the AFC, the Browns, I believe, are the only team without an elite quarterback. I believe they have arguably the best talent around him, arguably, because I believe they've got a good offensive line, which I know has had some injuries – They've got two elite running backs, in my opinion. You've got weapons on the outside. Your defense was supposed to be elite, but they got roasted like a barbecue chicken against the Chargers. But Baker, he is what he is at this point. Now, does that mean he's a bad quarterback? Absolutely not. But in my opinion, and this might be this might be a stretch, I w- he's a little bit of an improved Kirk Cousins to me. I think he's got a little more swag. He's got a little more athletic ability, maybe a little stronger arm. But they kind of fit the mold of each other. They play in a very similar offense. Stefanski coached Kirk, and now he's coaching Baker. So there are some parallels there. And I believe that if you sign Baker to that contract, you're not going to be able to surround him with the talent he's around now. And then I believe you're going to have a real problem on your hands because I don't believe he's an elite quarterback. Um, now could he develop into that? Quite possibly he could, but right now he is not, um, quick note on the chargers. 
Um, I, you know, their defense is really, really bad, but like I said earlier, their coach has done a good job of empowering their offense. And I believe they are so aggressive because they know that defense, especially against the run is atrocious. Um, but Cleveland's going to have to do a couple tweaks here and there. I think getting some guys back that are injured like Jarvis and like, I believe Jedrick Wills is hurt for them, uh, will really help, you know, help them down the line. Uh, but in their division, you know, the Ravens are kind of um, – they're four and one quietly. The Steelers had a big win against the Broncos. So – and the – I mean, the Bengals are three and two. So they're in a really tough division. They're going to have to get some things sorted out quick uh, to really contend. Kyle, did you have any more thoughts on this situation? Yeah. Really um, quick. I kind of want to get – I kind of want to get Graham's opinion real quick. on. I kind of thought of an interesting scenario. So when I, I think of – how great a player he is. I'm going to make an NBA reference real quick. And you know I'm a LeBron guy. But mm. when LeBron leaves a team, it seems like that team goes to shambles. And the team he goes to elevates. So, in a, obviously, I'm not comparing Baker Mayfield to LeBron. It's just the first comp that came to my mind. Um, if Say, Graham, I want, to, I want to ask you this. What, what do we – if we say we switched Baker with a guy like Derek Carr, would the Browns – would Derek, would a guy like, would another mid-level QB elevate this Browns team even further? And or would the Raiders get worse or better if he's not in this quote-unquote system? Do you think if you just threw Baker on an average NFL team, do you think they plummet with him not being in the system? And do you think the Browns elevate with a different type quarterback? I know that was kind of an oddly asked question, but kind of curious to your thoughts real quick. Sure. I mean, here's how I kind of do it. I think if you traded, you know, Baker Mayfield for Derek Carr, if they just swap places, if you know Baker became the quarterback of the Browns and Derek Carr became the quarterback uh, of the uh, of the Browns, and then I don't know if I got those wrong. Anyway, so Derek Carr goes to the Browns, Baker goes to the Raiders. To me, I think that Raiders team is very, very limited. I mean, I think that you know their success mm-hmm. this year has really been through throwing the football, and Derek Carr's done a really good job of doing that, uh, especially the, through the first few weeks. And, you know, Baker, I have to give him, you know, a little bit of, you know, not, I'm not, I'm not giving him a pat on the back, but yeah, a little bit of, a little bit of grace, a little bit of, you know, okay, maybe he can't control everything. You know, that Kevin Stefanski offense is very run heavy, is very contingent upon running the football. And then off of that, you get play action and it's not always deep shots. It's lots of, you know, dinks and dunks to the tight ends as they're pulling across the line so that, you know, because, you know, everybody's moving to the left. The linebackers are moving one way that we're faking the run, and then you just toss it down the other way. So, you know, maybe Baker, you know, isn't as, you know, phenomenal because of that. But I do think that, um, you know, he's not a star quarterback. And I think whenever you draft somebody first overall, there should be a star element to that. I think Baker has a star personality. I think mm-hmm. the people in Cleveland like Baker. He, you know, just goes crazy at uh, what are they? The Cleveland Guardians now. The you know, Cleveland Guardians, <laughs> you know, baseball games. I mean, he goes crazy there. You know, I'm sure he probably did the same thing at a Cavaliers game. But it's when he's on the field, I don't, I don't see the star. I to me, you know, similar to Kirk Cousins, similar to Jared Goff, those players that you know have have good talent, but it just seemed like, you know. It just doesn't seem like they have that, you know, extra, you know, that extra special, you know, just gift that they have, you know, as like like uh, Lamar Jackson, like Patty Mahomes, like Josh Allen, 
And so I think that, you know, really, you know, limits the the Browns, limits Baker um, and, and that offense. But just to, you know, turn just a little bit, I saw this really crazy stat, um, you know, just about the Browns and Chargers game. And it's kind of one of the last things I'll say. And it, it says that uh, Cleveland is the first team in NFL history, and the postseason is included in that, to lose a game after putting up 40 points, having zero turnovers. And it's also the first team to lose a game after putting up 40 points, after putting up 500 yards and zero turnovers. And, and so in all the other games wow. where a team was able to do that, they were 42-0, and 0, and the Browns lost. So I, I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going on. You, you you push the ball down the field, you score points, you get lots of yards, and you don't turn the ball over. That just seems like the recipe for perfect success, and they lost. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, it, they won the turnover battle, which was even crazier. Um, the last thing I'll say, and then we can go on to the next topic. You know, the you know thing that Chase shared on uh, the Instagram was: Is Baker the most replaceable quarterback in uh, NFL football? I definitely think that title goes to Tyrod Taylor because he has experience in that field. I mean, the guy can't keep a job. I like, hey. I really like Tyrod Taylor, but every job he goes to, he gets replaced. So uh, we could move on. That's all I got to say. Uh, I just want to hey, throw that one, in there. One last, thing, real, one, okay, one last thing real quick, and then we'll move it on. All I'm going to say is look at the Browns before Baker got there. And, yes, I know they brought in a lot of talent around him. But if it wasn't for Chad, anything is possible. We might have a different perspective of Baker Mayfield right now. All right, that's all I wanted to say. Hampton, move us on. And that's fair. Um, the, you know, talking about Baker not being a star, love his progressive commercials. They're A1. They're top-notch. Um, they're really great. And their defense needs to get a little bit of a blame for the loss, giving up 47 when they've been really good all year and your offense puts up 42. But in that final situation, if you're my franchise quarterback, I need you to lead me to more points. I need you to lead me to that final drive. So, Great conversation on Baker, and we'll imagine stay on track. Blame, imagine, imagine blaming a guy for getting 42. I know, I know, but, I mean, I'm just saying because it had happened earlier in the year, I just I think it's an interesting conversation to be had for sure. Speaking of quarterbacks, really quickly, guys, we can't spend too much time on this because we got to pick uh, the games for this upcoming week. I want to go around. Chase, I'm going to start with you, man. Who has been the most impressive quarterback to you this year? Man, I, I don't want to sit here and even steal because it is theft going first. To just sit back and say it's Josh Allen. And and not just based on this one game this weekend. But, man, I think that they – like, I loved listening. I don't know if y'all heard on, on the uh, the broadcast the other day. They were just talking about how they he was willing to, like – reshape his whole throwing motion because basically he was throwing with only his arm. I think he's a freak athlete. And mm-hmm. I think he's coachable, man. I think that if you're going Very. to be a good quarterback, you got to be coachable. And I will say, and, and, and I, this, I hope I'm not tipping by his hand and I probably am, but I think this is what you also see in Justin Herbert. I think that this, this quality of maybe not being the most outspoken but really quick to to want to learn, to want to get better, willing to throw away the experience they've had for their whole life in order to get better, so that their chance their their team can have a chance at the Super Bowl. Not only are you coachable for your own self, it shows to your whole team 
that you're willing to do whatever it takes in trying something that might even feel like trying on a shoe that doesn't fit if that means they might have a better shot at a, at a Super Bowl. I like this kid. He's impressed me, his leadership, but willing to go out there and take a hit, hurdle a guy, lean by example. I, I'm in love with Josh Allen. I, I've really loved to see him play football this year. Graham, who's that quarterback for you? Who's impressed you the most this year? Sure. I want. I just want to say one thing about Josh Allen, too. I mean, he plays in Buffalo, and you know, he's had probably the worst weather this year. Like, they played the Texans, and it didn't stop raining. I mean, they had a, you know, several hour rain delay or hour rain delay uh, this past week. So the guy can play in any condition. And to me, that, that definitely speaks up to uh, his talent. The guy that I'm going to go with is, uh, you know, maybe overlooked a little bit for this top conversation. And I'm going with Dak Prescott. I, I think the guys mm-hmm. really come back and, you know, hurt last year really came back and he's led this Cowboys team to a four and run four and one record and their only loss was to the Bucks and they lost on a last second field goal so I mean when you look at like their full season they haven't had a down game they've like this offense has performed every single game but I also want to break it down to the stats stats Dak is you know completing 74 percent of his passes you know that's three quarters of every you know all the pass he throws are, are going for completions 13 touchdowns, only three interceptions, and he's leading this Cowboys offense. They're the second uh, best offense in the NFL in total offense, and they're second in points per game. And that all starts with the man behind center. I mean, yes, they have Zeke, they have uh, Pollard, but it, it takes a guy to throw you know to throw the ball, lead the offense. I got to go with Dak Prescott. To me, that he's a little overlooked in that top conversation, but a guy that got paid and to me looks like he's worth every single penny of it. Kyle, I'm going to go to you. We've heard Josh Allen. We've heard Patty Mahomes. Even Chase mentioned Justin Herbert. There's a guy like Aaron Rodgers out there. Who are you going with as the best quarterback uh, through five weeks so far, in your opinion? Man, I can't believe this guy's name hadn't been said. I mean, it's a no-brainer for me. It's got to be Sam Darnold. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, Get really, really Justin Fields, Andy Dalton. The Bears have only thrown for 500 yards on the year. No, uh, I really like the Dak pick for more reasons than just his arm. Because like I mentioned earlier in the pod, you look at Zeke's production last year without Dak, horrible. But over the past couple of weeks, it looks like Zeke's turning into old Zeke. And I think a lot of that has to do with Dak Prescott. Uh, and a cool story about Josh Allen, I saw on Twitter. Uh, after his JUCO year, he emailed over 1,000 D1 colleges trying to get them to look at his huddle. And Wyoming was the only one that called. And when you get a guy with that kind of resilience, that kind of won't quit attitude, you, you can't not root for a guy like that. And I think I think the path he it took him to get to the NFL has turned him into the quarterback he is today. No, but 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 my quarterback, um, I think it's got to be the leader of the only undefeated team left. And I know I'm a Kyler fanboy. I, I, I know everybody listens to this pod probably thinks I'm a fanboy of all these teams because I, I, have, I have my guys and teams that I like. Um, You're just a bandwagon like fan, man. You just yeah, hopped I mean, up it, from team it, to team. It does. It does seem like I'm a bandwagoner, and if you want to call me that, sure, that's fine. That that's how I roll. I will. It's not gonna hurt my feelings. But uh, but I like Kyler, and I like what this offense. I feel like a guy like AJ Green's had his career rejuvenated a little bit. I feel like he's been a nice little addition. He's not gonna blow you away, but he's had mm-hmm. some. He's he's been a nice little fit. You got Kirk, and obviously you got D Hop, and then, and then James Conner and Edmonds has been a really good one-two punch. And I just think this offense all around has been solid, led by none other than Kyler Murray with a really MVP statement game against the Rams. I think he's him, Josh Allen, 
front well, front runners for the MVP this year. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go with Kyler Murray. Hampton, who's your quarterback? Well, you left out one guy on that uh, Cardinals team that's been making some hay, man. Rondell Moore, the guy mm, that Graham I'll, – I'll give a shout-out to Graham and Suave. Uh, they were really high on Rondell in the draft process. And I, I liked Rondell a lot coming out of Purdue, but him going to that offense was match made in heaven. Cliff Kingsbury knows what he's doing, knows how to give him the ball in innovative ways. And he's taken off and added another dynamic threat to that offense. And I liked, you know, I like Chase's pick. I like Graham's pick of Josh Allen. Or, no, Graham's pick of Dak Prescott. Chase's pick of Josh Allen. And your pick of Kyler Murray. And I'm going to shock y'all. The best quarterback this year has been Lamar Jackson. And I'm saying, I'm telling you. Welcome over, brother. Listen. I'm I hold on. Let me get let me get my point out. And y'all can welcome me home with open arms and adorn me with flowers and you know all that good stuff. The performance he had on Monday night football against the Colts, and granted, I know the Colts were down many a secondary player by the end of that game, but still Lamar Jackson went 37 to 43 for 442 yards and four touchdowns at 14 carries for 62 yards, which is just – that is a historic-level performance. On the year, he's thrown for 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns, with a 67% completion percentage, which is very, very good. Um, his rushing stats, um, he's rushed for about 300 or so yards, has um, two or three touchdowns to add to that. And, look, that team – Lost their entire running back core. Lost their entire running back core. They've had a lot of injuries on defense, and they're four and one with the win. You know, they had an impressive win, I believe, when they weren't playing their best on Monday night. They beat the Chiefs. Um, I believe they beat the Browns. Right? They beat the Browns. Correct? No, they didn't beat the Browns. Who else did they beat? Oh, hold on. I got it pulled up right here. They beaten um, Denver. They bought beat Las Vegas on that. Oh, no, they lost to Las Vegas on that Monday night. But they beat Denver and Kansas City, which I believe are two really good teams. And he has improved as a passer this year, I think. Um, His deep ball's gotten better. And, I mean, Marquise Brown had a big game on um, Monday night. And I think part of that is Marquise Brown's getting a little more consistent with his performance. But also, Lamar's gotten better with the deep ball. His mechanics are much better. He's got good touch on his passes. He still has the occasional one-hopper every now and then. But I've been beyond impressed from him this year. He's been really good. And I think all around, given the circumstance of his team and what he's been asked to do, Lamar's been a top quarterback in the league this year. No doubt about it. Yeah, Hampton, I I really like Lamar. I mean, honestly, the second half of that game was a good enough stat line to, like, lead to player of the week uh you know just that week and he had you know th- that second half was just incredible uh on, on monday night really was using you know all of his weapons i mean really you know was throwing the ball downfield to hollywood was using mark andrews and you know, we've just seen you know lamar just even this year just develop into throwing the ball you know, so much better i mean they're so much more efficient 
37 for 43 is absolutely insane. If you were to you know, tell you know, tell us that stat line, you were thinking, oh, he's probably throwing screens or just slants. But no, they were actually pushing the ball down the field a little bit too. They so were. he was having to make some tough throws. And you know, uh, you never know. He might have just been feeling it on, on Monday night. But I mean, just a really great performance. And uh, that Ravens offense, even without like a healthy running back, is really fun to watch. I mean, mm-hmm. if Lamar can throw the ball, then you know he he's a good enough runner on his own to you know demand respect from defenses to shut down uh, that mm-hmm. that aspect of the game. But man, Lamar's yeah. fun to watch. I mean, he's honestly looking better than he did his MVP season. If you're asking me, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Graham. And um, I, I'll cut to you in just a minute, Kyle, but. I would probably, if I would have had first pick, I would have picked Dak. I would have, I'd probably would have picked Kyler. But I think Lamar is a solid. He's in that four to five range. I, I totally believe that he's been top five this year, um, and his growth has been impressive because he's a guy that puts in the work. He's really humble, um, and I mean, he is an easy guy to root for. Kyle, go ahead, real quick. I was just going to say real up. quick that if if. Lamar continues to throw the ball with this much consistency. He's literally like your person you go and create a player with him at. You give him 99 speed, you throw the ball wherever you want. I mean, he's he doesn't have a hole if he continues to throw the ball at this level. I mean, there's no weakness. You really can't stop him. I mean, mm-hmm. he's the created player on Madden if he continues to throw. That's going to be the question mark. And question mark yep. has been him in the playoffs. However, mm-hmm. this is this might be the year. This might be the year where we all, all the, all the skeptics turn the corner and say Lamar is that dude, and he, mm-hmm. he kind of NBA comp. He kind of gives me Giannis vibes, you know. Giannis a little, got a hole in his game. Comp. His his jump shot is his hole in the game, but this year, you know, he found a way, made it to the top, and and we'll see if Lamar can ha- overcome his. Do what you go ahead. Yeah, and how did he do that? By hard work, by practicing, by reps, over and over and over again, and. You know what? With him, he's a guy that I like to root for, honestly. And if he did get over that hump, I couldn't be happier for the guy because he put in the work, he did his time, and he's reaping the benefits of it right now. But I'm with you, Kyle. I need to see it in playoff come playoff time. I need to see it um, consistently throughout the year to finally say, all right, I trust this guy when it comes to crunch time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey. Go Lamar's ahead, out here. Lamar, to put a bow on this, Lamar's out here making Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews look like weapons. Dude, Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews. Okay, Mark Andrews is legit, bro. Don't slander Mark Andrews like that. He is legit, and we're about to move on because we're going to hey, get hey, another hey, quagmire. If you can real go quick, on. real literally, last thing. It'd be really cool to see them at the deadline. They've got a stacked running back room. What if they went out and got like a like? Let's just be wild here for a second. Like if OB, OBJ's on the market or somebody who's like a mm-hmm. clear, like just well, one more. I, I think that'd be a really fun team to well, watch in the playoffs too. Well, Chase, here's a key. Here's a key. Their first round pick, Rashad Bateman, is coming, getting very close to coming yeah. back. Yeah. If he can add another vertical threat to that offense, watch out. That's going to be fun. And it's going to be really fun. Are Back. Back. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, brother. Love it. And with that, we'll transition to NFL Week 6 picks. Great discussion on quarterbacks and recapping the games from Week 5. Thursday night, we've got the Buccaneers and the Eagles. Did everybody who is picking the Buccaneers say aye? Aye. Aye. 
fellas, I'll, I'll make this interesting. I, I, I actually think that they have surprised me how well the Eagles have played and stayed in games. And I, I just – I don't feel like like the Buccaneers are built to just walk into the playoffs. I think that – like I, I think they're mm-hmm. going to slip up every once in a while. I could see a Thursday night without Gronk. They didn't play phenomenal against the Patriots. I, I mean, I could I could see this being one of the games they drop. I think that if Jalen Hurts plays well, here's their key to winning the game. Give it if to they me. They will run the dang ball, man. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like, I, I really don't hate – like, I thought I was going to really dislike their team, like kind of their coaching hire. But, like, man, the only thing that I just don't understand is they will not give Miles Sanders the football. If they'll do that, maybe they're holding on for a game just like this. Let, let, let me see it, man. Bust him mm-hmm. out. Get him throwing passes. I don't know. I, I think that they could seriously win this game. I'm not just kind of, like, trying to create this. Yeah. They got a good defense, good defensive line specifically. But they got to give Miles Sanders the football. If they do well, that, they got a chance to win in this football game. Absolutely. And before we move on, I'm picking the Bucks to win. But I will say this: you talk about the Bucks being or having areas of weakness. That secondary right now is a liability due to injury. And I believe Jalen Hurts has feasted on bad defenses this year with the Falcons and the Chiefs. He's looked like an All-Pro quarterback. I believe he'll do it again on Thursday night, but that Eagles defense has been porous to say the least, and I believe Tampa Bay will be too much for him. But I totally agree with your keys to victory and uh, your perspective on how, if they do win, the Eagles uh, can attack the Bucks um, where they are weak. Now, let's move on to Sunday and the Chargers playing at the Ravens, the battle of the four and one teams. Kyle, I'm going to start with you, man. Who's winning this one? I said it last week on the pod. I thought the Chargers were a year away, and they keep proving me wrong and wrong. Will I keep fading the Chargers? Yes. Yes, I will. Yes, <laughs> I will. Give me Lamar and the Ravens. The Chargers defense is just not very good, and I think the Ravens will get timely stops. And I like Lamar to come in and, and, and get a win and go to five and one. Chase, you Lamar backer. Do the Chargers. We need Swab. We're Swab when we need them. Do the hometown <laughs> heroes get it done? Or does Lamar prevail? <laughs> I, I think this is a fun football game, man. I wish that it actually wasn't a 12 o'clock game. Simply put, I I think the Ravens win this just because they're they're like playing that Georgia Tech where it's like they're not gonna get in this shootout with you. They're gonna run the ball, they're gonna make you play them close. And uh, I, I think I, I think I got oh, man. Now, now I'm starting to second guess since Ravens played on Monday. But I, I'm gonna stick with it just for time's sake. But if anybody wants to expose that that the uh, the Ravens don't have as long to heal, uh, feel free to. I'm gonna go with the Ravens on this one, even though I think it's gonna be an incredible game. I wouldn't bet on this one. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you on that, Chase. I, this is a game that I would you know stay away from because you never know. This could be you know the 120 point game where you know both teams you know light it up like the Chargers did last week. Or it could be one of those, okay, it's going to be a 21-14 game because the Ravens have run the football. To me, I think the biggest key to the game is, like you said, Chase, it's a 12 o'clock game. And for the Chargers, that means that they're playing, uh, you know, at, you know, is that, you know, 9 o'clock? Their time. Yeah, 9, 10 o'clock West nine, time, yeah. Western time. And that means you got to wake up earlier to get, you know, get focused. And, um, you know, they're NFL players, they'll be ready. But to me, I think that the Chargers will start off just just slow enough for the Ravens to get on top, 
and uh, and hold that lead. So give me the Ravens, uh, but I think this will be a really fun game to watch. Hampton, who are you going with? I'm going with a shootout to win this game because I don't believe from what I saw from that Ravens defense, partly due to being banged up, and what I've seen from that Chargers defense, I believe both offenses are going to have a field day. I think Lamar and whoever plays running back for the Ravens, whether that be Murray, whether that be Williams or Le'Veon Bell, I think they're going to rush all over the Chargers. And I believe Justin Herbert's going to have a big day through the air against the Ravens. But there is a sneaky suspicion I have that the defensive coordinator for um, the Ravens, and I am completely blanking on his name, is going to come up with a crafty game plan to maybe confuse, maybe throw off Herbert a little bit because he did that with Mahomes. He made a couple just slight adjustments with coverages and pressures that threw him off just enough. I think it's Martindale. Martindale, I believe, is his last name. And I think that could be the key in the game. I'm going with the Ravens to win this at home, mainly due to their rushing attack. Next game we've got, guys, is the Cowboys at the Patriots. I'm gonna I'll start this one out and then I'll go. I'm gonna go to um Chase real quick. I've got the Cowboys winning this one. I've been I've been saying it since the first game. They've been a top five. Arguably, they've been the best team I've seen all year from a consistency standpoint. Each and every game, they've looked really good, even in their loss. I love their offense, their defense under Dan Quinn has looked really impressive. Trayvon Diggs just picked off another pass. That might be number 20 on the year. Micah Parsons is eating <laughs> up um, on, you know, playing both linebacker and defensive end. I'm going to go with the Cowboys to go into Foxborough and get a win and for the Patriots to fall to a shocking two and four. Chase, really quickly, man, who you got in this one? Yeah, dude, give, give me give me the Cowboys as well. I, I've just been a fan of them. I it kind of – set out to enjoy watching their football games this year just to see what it was going to be like. Man, they just had a really good season. I think they've got all their pieces. Graham, can can I ask you, who do you think is going to win? And I'm if, if you agree with the Cowboys, then I want to ask you one follow-up, if that's okay. Yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys, but I think it's going to be really close. Then who wins it for the Cowboys? Is this more of the running game or the passing game? I, I think it's got to be the, the passing game, you know, with – uh, you have the recent trade of uh, Stefan Gilmore. Not that he's been playing, but I think that that's you know kind of clearing out that you know cornerback room. They got J.C. Jackson, who's a good corner, uh, but they were you know last week they played well, but they were playing the Texans to outside of Brandon Cooks, uh, not phenomenal. But the you know Texans were able to you know kind of throw the ball on them. I think it's going to be close. The Patriots' defense is pretty good, uh, but I like that Cowboys' offense just a little bit better. Kyle, Dak Prescott, Mac Jones. Uh, is this this is the you know, like afternoon game? Do you think it lives up to that hype? Yeah, I think I actually think I'm going to shock some people here. I've been I've been on the Cowboys a lot this year. I I think the Patriots still won here. You know, the Cowboys have played three straight home games, and I think this is the best defense they've seen, if not since week one, maybe all year. Um, I think Matt gets a little more Fair. comfortable each week. Each week goes in and out, and I think that, you know, Dak's been comfortable at home, three straight games. You know, they're they're buzzing. They're they're clicking on all cylinders. I think they run into a, a lot better defense than they're used to seeing. 
in Foxborough, a very tough place to play against arguably the greatest coach of all time. I think the Patriots still won here. Uh, call me crazy. Shout out Shep. Mac Daddy gets it done. Patriots in a close one. Who Hampton? Like- have you picked yet? Have you picked yet, Hampton? I did. I picked the Cowboys to start off, but right. I I like the boldness of your pick. I like the rationale and reasoning that you gave. I do believe the pay. I mean, the Patriots have their defense at least has shown up in each and every game for the most part. They looked really good against Tampa Bay. They came up with a good game plan there, but I believe the Cowboys are going to be too much. You know, but hey, not bad. Not bad by you. Not bad by you. Now let's move on it's to the Sunday lock, night baby. game. It's a lock. Okay. It's a lock. We'll see if, That's it, the lock we'll see if it's a That's Home Depot lock, lock again. That's okay. Right. Uh, hey, you gonna put your Moneyball pick on that? Hey. Oh, absolutely, hey. I will. Home absolutely. Depot, longtime listener of the pod. Yeah, long, <laughs> long time <laughs> listener and partner. Um, Home Depot is gonna be our next our next uh, sponsorship coming. Yeah. Up <laughs> use code use code Skin Cafe for fifteen percent off your home appliance needs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, don't do that, guys, because uh, you will be uh, hit with a major amount of disappointment. Um, hey, we, but, we, should get them to, we should get them to cater sometime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> now, let's move on to the Sunday night game. Uh, I kind of want to go through this one a little bit quick so we can talk about the Monday night game in more depth because I believe it's going to be a better game. We've got the Seahawks and Steelers, which is a rematch of the 2005 Super Bowl. <laughs> Which would have been really compelling if Russell Wilson hadn't gotten hurt. Well, this game trash, bro. But now I know. But now Gino, Gino, twenty thirteen Heisman winner for September is going to be starting quarterback for them. Can we all agree that the Steelers are going to win this game? Bro, and do we you, even really want to talk about it? I don't know if I want to talk about it, but I honestly don't know if I think the Steelers are going to win. You think the Seahawks <laughs> really have a shot? I mean, I don't know but if they, I look yeah, at the Steelers. I, mean, I don't know. Like, what, is, what have the Steelers done that have convinced me that they're going to win? They beat, they beat the Broncos last week. They looked kind – they looked <sighs> – Big Ben didn't look like a corpse out there last week, which is a win. the football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that was true too. And um, I believe they'll probably be able to do that on Seattle as well because Derrick Henry ran for 180 against them. Yeah. Um, I believe Najee's going to have a big day. Deontay Johnson hitting them vertically. Does hurt that Juju's out, but uh, hey, Najee's been balling, boy. Don't you don't you disrespect <laughs> my guy? And Najee, shout out to you, buddy. I say your name correctly, so uh, be a friend of the pod. Support us. We say your name correctly. Any discussion on this one? Are we ready to move on to Monday night? Let's move on. Keep going. Let's move on. Wow. I don't. Go ahead. Hey, hey, quick question, fellas. Are y'all going to watch that game? Like, I, like I'm not trying to bash it too hard, but like. They've had some really good games, like for the, the Thursday uh-huh. night. Do, do y'all think this one's like a? Is this a needle mover by any means? I got, dude. I've got to tune in to see the Chris Collinsworth slide in, and for him to say, <laughs> "This guy," I mean, I got to. That's worth my Sunday viewing each and every week, man. I don't know, man. I might cut it on, but Kyle, I'm sure you got some quesadillas that need to be made. Let's move on. <laughs> hey, Let's move on. I probably got some laundry that could be done Sunday night. We'll just see. We'll see if it. I got done. some paint to watch dry. So <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to Monday night, where we don't have to debate whether or not we're going to watch it. Uh, we've got the Titans. Um, I believe they're hosting the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna be a really good one, I think. Chase, let's start with you, man. 
who do you got in this one? Do you think Derrick Henry, who is an MVP candidate in his own right, in my opinion, um, do you think he's going to do enough to get the victory for the Titans, or do you think Josh Allen and that um, that team going to be too much for him? I think I'm going with the Bills here. I got, I got to stand beside stand beside the boys, but I will say that I think Julio Jones and uh, AJ Brown. I, I know Julio is supposed to be back. I hadn't seen about AJ Brown are supposed to be back for this game. This might be the first time that they've had kind of all their weapons, like honestly, all season. So um, since like week two, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. So I, I'm, I'm intrigued by this game because I honestly just don't know if we really know how good the Titans are. Like, period. Just because we haven't seen them like yeah. healthy. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm going with the Bills on this one. But I mean, if they were to shock me, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Graham, who do you got in this game? I'm putting it on for my city, baby. Give me the Titans. I, I think my it'll... city, my I, city. Golly. I, uh, I I think I'm I'm gonna go with the Titans on this one. Um, just in the fact that you know the the Bills had a really good game uh, Sunday night. You know, okay, they they upset the you know I didn't really upset. They they took down you know the reigning AFC champions, and so maybe they come in here just a little bit slow. Derek Kennedy, AJ Brown, Julio Jones come in there. You know, Ryan Tannehill doesn't fumble it too much. Uh, I guess I'll go. I'll go with Smashville. Give me the Titans, Kyle. Who you gonna pick? I like it. I like it a lot. You know, the Titans are one of those teams that um, very disappointing. You know, we thought so far. I know they've been banged up with injuries, um, but really a team that had very high expectations and have not come close to exceeding those expectations. And this could be your typical Buffalo letdown spot. Uh, you got mm-hmm. a team in Buffalo high on high on life. And you got a team like the Titans who have underperformed so far, but starting to get healthier week by week and got a lot to play for. Um, I definitely think Tennessee could come in and steal a game, but man, it's it's hard. It would be very hard to step in front of this Buffalo trains and get, get in the way of them. It, it's it's hard not to pick the Bills here. Uh, I think it could be close. I think Tennessee has the chance to win it, but no way I'm picking against Buffalo after what they how they've looked so far after week one. Hampton, any drama or all Buffalo? Crown me, baby. King Henry is going to lead Tennessee to a victory on Monday night. They beat the Bills last year, I believe, on a Thursday night. Derek stiff-armed Josh Allen, not Josh Allen, Josh Norman, into another (laughs) dimension. And I believe he's going to do that again to another poor defensive back. I think this is kind of coalescing with Julio coming back, with A.J. Brown coming back. And the Titans kind of being like, all right, we're here. We're finally woken up. We're finally going to make um, make our mark, make a statement that we're here to compete. And the Bills, I, I mean, I believe the Bills are overall a more talented team. If they were playing the playoffs, I would pick the Bills to advance. I trust Josh Allen way more than I trust, trust Ryan Tannehill. But in this particular game, coming off that high, I think the Titans are gonna are in a prime spot to upset them. The only thing I'm worried about is that offensive line for the Titans has been abysmal. And with Epinesa and Rousseau and all the guys that the Bills have as pass rushers, I'm worried about them protecting Ryan Tannehill. But I think having Julio Jones and AJ Brown back will help alleviate some of that pressure. So give me Tennessee in the upset. So we were split on the final one, agreed for most of them. And before we get out of here, guys, any final thoughts? Are we ready to wrap up 
this edition of the Pigskin Cafe. Uh, I just got one quick question. If if Derrick Henry played for Georgia in college, do you have that same energy towards him, and would you have picked Tennessee still? I mean, I wouldn't have that same love for him, but as far as recognizing his greatness is probably – Arguably, he's the best high school back ever. He's one of the top SEC backs in history, and he's on pace to be one of the best NFL backs in history. I mean, that's just straight facts. So I would respect him. I would not love him like I do. I would not have his jersey um, <laughs> to hit with Georgia. But, um, I, you know, you couldn't help but recognize greatness, just like I recognize how great Herschel Walker was and Bo Jackson back in the day, back in the 80s. So. Yeah, that's my answer to that one, Kyle. The, you said back in the day, like you were like around them, like yeah, when I was ball growing up. <laughs> hey, I've watched plenty of documentary, plenty of film on those two guys. Dang. You want me to give you a scouting report? <laughs> scouting report on them? <laughs> oh shoot! Oh, well, Jackson off the center field fence. Oh yeah, I mean that guy, just hey. an alien. What hey, when I was when play. I was when I was yeah. six years old, I think Buffalo won. So therefore, I'm going to pick Buffalo. It was back in 2005, so I think or 2004. So <laughs> okay, I'm going to pick I like Buffalo that. for this game. <laughs> I like that. You're only like six, your reasoning behind that. You were only six back in 05. How young are you? I was son? seven. I was seven. I was there you go. Seven. I was born in. I was born in 98. Which okay, I could have been. Yep. Hey, short, yeah. shout out Mark Pappas. Shout shout out to him wherever you are, Mark. And with that, that will do it for another edition of the Pigskin Cafe. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're a first-time listener, welcome aboard. We hope you uh, enjoyed the episode. We hope you continue to listen. Be sure to listen to our other two podcasts that are out this week. We've got one recapping the Alabama debacle uh, when the Aggies upset the Tide, and we broke that down. It was – shut your mouth. Um, it was me, Graham, and my friends Jamie Barnes and LG – uh, broke that down in depth, and then we had a college football recap show with Jake Crane of the J-Boy Show. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Happy to have him on board um, as a guest picker. And we've got more exciting podcasts coming next week and for the weeks to come throughout the year. So be sure to be on the lookout for that. Follow us on social media. Follow us wherever you get your podcast. We're available anywhere and everywhere. Uh, perfect for driving to work, driving home eating dinner, doing laundry, doing laundry on a Sunday night when you're trying to watch the Steelers and the Seahawks. Good for any occasion. And we will be back next week, recapping another um, hopefully exciting weekend of NFL and college action. But the pigskin cafe is closed for now, but until next time, chew on that.